0: Well, hey, God is good all the time. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. All right, let's try that again. God is good. Jesus is here. True statement, true statement. So, hey, we've been taking off from the book of James because of the 20-year anniversary celebration, interviewed with Joey, but we're jumping back in today. Sound good? For those of you that don't know, James was Jesus' brother, so that's pretty rad, So he had access to his life way before people started writing about him. And he didn't seem like a big fan of Jesus. There's a place in the scriptures where the brothers are like, dude, go prove yourself and all this. And Jesus is like, dude, it's not my time. Um, But his brother came on strong later and became one of the church leaders, which is just so cool. Um, So I'm just going to open up here and just kind of read you guys where we're at. If you have your Bible, feel free to open up. If you have your phone, feel free to open up. Or just listen, because I think I'm just going to read out of the message Bible. I wasn't sure if I should do NASB or message. Both say it pretty pretty good, pretty straightforward. Uh, message verses uh, 1 through 9 of chapter 2. My dear friends, do not let public opinion influence how you live out this glorious, Christ-originated faith. If a man enters your church wearing expensive suit, And a street person wearing rags comes in right after them, and you say to the man in the suit, sit here, sir, this is the best seat in the house, and ignore the street person or say, better sit here in the back row, haven't you segregated God's children and proved that you are a judge who cannot be trusted? Listen, dear friends, isn't it clear by now that God operates quite differently? He chose the world's down and outs as kingdom citizens first, with full rights and privileges. This kingdom is promised to anyone who loves God. And here you are abusing these same citizens. Isn't it the high and mighty who exploits you, who use the courts to rob you blind? Aren't they the ones who scorn the new name, Christian, used in your baptism? You do well when you complete the royal rule of Scripture. Love others as you love yourself. But if you play up these so-called important people, you go against the rule and stand convicted by it. You can't pick and choose in these things, specializing in keeping one or two things in God's law and ignoring the others. Right on. Let's pray. Well, Father, we just say thank you for the word, and uh, we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just open our hearts now, even before anything comes out of my mouth, that just your word alone, reminding us, God, of how you view things, see things. God, I think of what you told just young David, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And we just ask Jesus right now that, uh, God, you would align our heart with your heart. God, you align our ways with your ways. God, our thoughts with your thoughts. So Jesus, we just say, thank you, thank you. In your name we pray, amen, amen. So hey, this is a very common thing. I've talked about it with our leadership team and kind of happens both in business and in church culture, but it's called mission drift. And usually places begin with a mission and it's a clear mission, it's a direct mission, and for different reasons, they start drifting off of that mission. And when this thing began in 2001, we only really had one mission and his name was Jesus. And we've never wanted to deviate from that mission of knowing him, of magnifying Him, of making it about Him. But in that mission, He also gave us a love for Isla Vista. And if you're here today, you may not be burning for Isla Vista, desiring to see the city won for Jesus, but there's a reason that you're part of this church family and this community, and you're actually part of this bigger mission that God's doing in this city and beyond. And when God looks down on Isla Vista, even though it began on Del Playa, reaching college students who had too much to drink, you know, and passing out hamburgers, God's always loved an entire city. He's, he's always looked out at Friendship Manor and said, I love the elderly that are there. He's looked out at, at, at the surf culture and like, I love those people. Some of you are like, yes, he does. And the co-op culture. And Obrego, where there's a lot of Hispanic families. And the professors that are over there, and they have housing and grad housing. And the poor. That God loves the poor. And if you're not aware of this, we always want to find out what is Holy Spirit doing? You never want to pave your own path in life. You want to figure out what is God already doing? Then you want to get behind that makes life much easier, ministry much easier. But it was evident to us that when COVID hit, more and more and more homeless just kept coming to Isla Vista. Where we had maybe 30, and I'm making these numbers up, I could be way off. But now I believe we're over 100, and there's an entire like town of them in the middle of Isla Vista. And I just feel like, you know, we need to move where Spirit of God is moving, So we've moved the hamburgers that direction. People are starting to serve in that direction. And I'm just so thankful that that God's entrusting us to love these people. I want to share a dream with you guys. I don't dream often, but when I do dream, it's pretty uh, direct. God knows I need five B's in my dreams. He never makes my dreams confusing. Sorry for some of you who wake up with the most craziest dreams. That's never me. (laughs) Uh, And I usually only have like two dreams a year that I actually remember. So thank you, God, too, because I feel like just normal earth is hard enough to keep track of. Um, But uh, in this dream, it was about a decade ago. I'm in this dream. And back in the day, 10 years ago or more, maybe, man, we used to have a mixed bag of people. Way different, it feels like, even demographic-wise, you know, just... A lot of things, people coming out of more addiction, um, some people that felt like probably a little more like, kind of like David. Do you guys know the story of David? It says, you know, the downtrodden, the disenfranchised, those without home, like rally to David. <laughs> you think you got a tough job when it comes to any kind of leadership in your life, David had it real hard. Um, so we had a lot of those kind of people and, and we weren't even big. We were probably like 30, 40 people, but in this dream, we're in a, a circle, And in the middle of the circle, uh, there was water. It was kind of like, a—I guess it was a pool, you can say. And one of the guys in the church, this guy, Chris Coates, just a sweetheart of a guy, um, but not someone who like is going to win a popularity contest. You know what I mean? He had a lot of issues growing up, different things happening to him. But he's in the middle of this pool and he's reading out the word of God. And it's beautiful. And the, and the church family is kind of leaning in like they're listening to this. And then the dream switches. It's like, that's still going on. But I get over here and there's these guys who are, you know, all in the same kind of clothing. Black guys doing this crazy choreographic dance, uh, choreographic dance. And I won't even try to show you the moves. I couldn't even do the moves. Like, it was next level, you know. And I was like, how could I join that? Like, there's no way I can do that, you know. And I wake up from this dream. And I just hear instantly the Holy Spirit, you know, because I'm just sh- kind of sh- very clear, shakes me. And he says, Jason, my church has always been people. It's never been a building, a meeting, a day of the week, any of those things. What my church has always been is those faces that you saw around the pool. And I'm not looking for the, the uh, hipster pastor, the incredible worship leader. I'm just looking for people who are willing and who love me. And then in that same vein, it switches over to the other thing. And he says, my church is inclusive, never exclusive. And it was never meant to be a country club. But if you're not careful, you'll turn it into just that. And to this day, I still fear that in the best way, that this church would be a country club and the people who all look alike, talk alike, act alike would come here. And the people who don't feel that would never come here. Because isn't that what a country club is? All right, I don't want to offend anybody, my bad. <clears throat> Guys, in the kingdom, everyone has a seat at the table. Everyone has a seat at the table. That's the kingdom of God. You Maybe not everyone's coming to the table, but everyone has a seat. Everyone belongs in the kingdom, even before they believe there's a parable, if you don't know, and it's about the wedding feast. And it's the picture of just God just saying, there's going to be a wedding. My son's going to marry the bride. I'm going to bring this, you know, to Crescendo and just it's going to be a celebration. So he sends out his servant. He says, just go tell people about the wedding. And he goes and, you know, and the dignified, the people that got it together, whatever that means, they don't come. He's just like, they're not coming. He's like, well, then go to the highways, and go to the byways, and go to the places where the marginalized are at, and the people that societies aren't looking at, and go invite them to this wedding. And they come to the wedding. Guys, our God is about all people. Because that's who Jesus has always been. He's been the man for others. Can someone say amen? Amen. That's who Jesus is. He's been a man for others. He's about whoever, wherever. It doesn't matter to Jesus. The Bible says in Acts 10, he went around doing good and healing all who were sick by the evil one. Isn't that a cool statement about Jesus? His whole life, what did he do? He just went around doing good. He's like, today you need your, your shoe to be tied because you can't reach down. Yes, Jesus was human, but they had sandals. So just bear with me. Modern day message translation. He ties the shoe. He heals the arm. You know, he makes a quesadilla. He's just human. But he went around doing good. And that culture of caring for the poor, stopping for the one, he imparted that to his disciples. And most of parenting is caught, not taught. So you're just catching things in the culture. Sure, Jesus taught it, but they caught a lot. By just how he handled the poor, not shunned them, but engaged them. But in Galatians, it says this Paul wrote Galatians, but he's talking about the disciples. They told Paul to remember the poor when he's going to these different places. Isn't that cool? I say, I know you're gonna go preach this amazing gospel of forgiveness and love and God's full acceptance of people. And that their names can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But don't forget the poor. And then you know what Paul's response was back? It was that very thing I was eager to do. <laughs> Guys, you could think of Paul just as, well, I almost cussed. Um, just a bad guy, you know? Rad guy. I don't even cuss. Cussing's stupid to me. But if you're one of those Christians that cuss, no judgment. Um, I just want to be able to talk the same to everyone, including my kids. But, uh... You know, he, people think that, but Paul's like, yes, the gospel. But I was also going to always remember the poor and care for the poor. Guys, the culture of heaven, it cares a lot for the poor. It cares a lot for the marginalized, the unjust, those without a voice. That's what the church was always supposed to be, the hands and the feet of Jesus. He's not here, but Christ in us is here today. And in God, and I know we all know this, I'm preaching to the choir, but in God, we all have the same equal value and equal worth. There's nobody higher than somebody else. doesn't matter where they've been, what they did, what they have, what they don't have. We're all equal in God. And the value of something, the worth of something, is determined by how much you pay for something. So this hat, Rincon Brewery, I don't even think I had a beer that day. I bought this hat. It was $15. That was the value it had to me. I said, that's worth it. But this same hat, if Kobe Bryant had this on maybe the week before he died, and I was able to authenticate that and show that, someone might say, you know what? I think the value of that hat's actually worth $150,000. I'll buy that off of you. Isn't that interesting how we can determine the value of something? How does God determine the value of your life and my life? Christ crucified. Jesus died for us. He was showing in his death, you're worth my life. Every person, think of the people you don't like. Think of those social groups you're like, ooh. Think of that person you have issue. It doesn't matter. The value and the worth of them has already been determined 2,000 years ago. Jesus died for them and he loves them. And he considered them worth it to trade his life for their life. The Bible says that he became poor so we would become rich. Some of you are like, I didn't even know I was wealthy. Oh, you wealthy. You real wealthy. You got Jesus living in you, you got Christ all around you. You're a wealthy person. You just might not know it yet. Let me look at this verse with you guys real quick. This time I'm going to read it in the um, NASB version. All right. I'm just going to read a few of the verses, not all of them here. Just try to listen, let the word speak. My brothers and sisters, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to highlight something. This whole context, he's actually referencing it to the glorious Jesus, not having favoritism. And there's only two times in all of James, this is wild, that he actually mentions the name Jesus or Christ. Most of the book, he's like just busting out Proverbs. But in this one, he actually mentions Jesus. Jesus. My brothers and sisters, that I would hold your faith in the glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in bright clothes and a poor dirty man comes in, and you pay special attention to the one who's wearing bright clothes and say, you sit here in a good place. And you say to the poor man, you stand over there, sit down at my footstool. Have you not made distinction amongst yourselves and become judge with evil motives? Guys, can I just be honest? Let's just all be honest. Church is such a great place to be honest, huh? Why do you think we prefer the poor? I mean, not the poor, the rich. Why do you think we prefer people who have competency? People who have status? More than we would people who are poor? And maybe you don't. Bless you. And I'm just asking that we would all be honest. But I mean, picture two groups. One's got status. One's got their stuff together. One's making things work, willing and dealing. The world applauds that group. The other group, they don't have much to offer. Which group do you want to be a part of? Which group do you want to be taking pictures on Instagram and be like, I wonder how many likes this one's going to get? That's a good background. I would say most of us would choose group one I know I would and the reason for that is this group they're going to make my life easier and they're going to make me look better and I think if we're just again just honest I just love for us to be honest because he's trying to go after our motives I mean consciously or unconsciously Sometimes we're living our life on how people could benefit us. How can people help us to get to our destination, to get to our goals, to what we want to do in life? And if you're not in that camp, I got to get out of this. Because the the issue with the poor, guys, is they don't have much to offer us, if anything. But you know what? That's not love. And that's just not God. God yeah wait a minute who's coming in what no way that is crazy this is johnny q from the most famous show babe Watch? what johnny q's at church oh johnny i didn't even know you were a christian Oh my gosh, Johnny. Well don't Johnny don't sit in those seats, please. Hold on. Johnny. I'm so sorry. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Q. Bro, I love your show Babe Watcher with all the babes. But you're a babe. I mean, you know, you get it, yeah. This is purified water, pH balanced with electrolytes. I was going to drink this, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm just start. I mean, I don't do this usually sermons. I usually say, "Focus." but wow. You know, I can use you. I, I, that came out wrong. But like you could help further the cause to build the missions base here for God. I'm going to have my people call your people. We'll connect, bro. What an honor that Johnny Q would come here. Wow. Holy, what the frick? Oh, no. Um, sir, uh, what are you doing? Oh, um, I don't, I, yeah, we don't really have chairs for you. Johnny, here, take this. Just put your legs on that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a preacher of the gospel. I'm a little parched. I, I think I need this one. Um, do you mind, Demas? Do you mind getting this guy like a to the back here, like just yeah, far back? Can hi? What's your actually? A lot's going on right now. We're in a church service. Can you just to the back? Yeah, we'll we'll talk later. Yeah, wow. All right, thank our actors. (laughs) Killing it, guys. All right, maybe it was a little exaggeration, but you get it. It's real. Look out chapter one. I just want to hit up chapter one here. And James, these are the last verses before it goes into all this stuff about comparing how we treat the rich compared to the poor. But it says this in the NASB. Pure and undefiled religion, the sign of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one unstained by the world. Message translation, real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father is this, reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from this godless world. I love God. And that is something like to me since this church began. Here's what I love about being a pastor and it's hard is you never get to pick the people that come to the church. You can never like fire someone from a church. That's why the church, to me, is one of the greatest places to grow in God, because you don't pick your family. God chooses the family. And to me, the church was meant to be an expression of God's heart for people, all kind of people. It says in Psalm 68, He is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. This is our God. And I don't want to bore anyone today, so I'm not going to go into verse after verse after verse from Jeremiah, Micah, Isaiah, Amos. All these guys, all the prophets would always talk about watch out for the injustice. Listen to the cry of the widows and the poor. Don't just get comfortable in your living, but go after those kind of people. And if you've been to the third world, you know there's levels of poor. And I'm not saying these people in Isla Vista don't need food because they for sure need food. But what they need from people is they need eye contact, heart contact, I see you, I value you. That we wouldn't look away from people, that we would look people in the eyes that we would love the one and whoever Jesus is putting in front of us. I've been blessed. I'll be straight up. I've been blessed by my childhood. And some of you are still too young and you're still resenting some of that. And God's healing things and not all of it was right. I'll say that, including my childhood, a, long, a lot of it wasn't right. But my mom was in rehab for probably about five different times And when I would visit her in those rehabs, man, I was around people who I would never hang out with. I was hearing stories, past stories and current stories that were shaping my worldview. And this was before I even knew Jesus. And those stories and listening to people, it would drain judgment out of me. It's hard to judge someone once you know what they've been through, what they're still going through. What war they're fighting. But you gotta put yourself in those environments. You can't just expect, maybe some of you are really good. You got friends of all different places. That's not most of us. You gotta put yourself in those places. That's why it's an as you go gospel. As you go, things are happening. And when I became a believer, one of the first places I went, no one told me to go there. I didn't even think anyone was there that I knew. I don't know why I went there, but God sent me to the rescue mission. And I started walking with guys there. I started mentoring guys in that program, multiple guys. Man, I almost thought I was going to get beat up by this bang ganger one time. Gang banger. See, man, Jesus, you redeem me. Man, I was about to go on a rabbit trail right there. Yes, you have fully redeemed me. Um, And just serving food in the soup kitchen, right? I mean, I met a friend there, a guy I've been friends with now for 20 years. His name is Chris Coates. He was the guy in that dream. He was the guy I still talk to about every other week from prison, doing a 20, 25 year sentence for child pornography. But that's not his identity. I love Chris so much. I'm going to land it here. Isaiah 58 talks about fasting. Some of you are like, no, don't talk about fasting. I'm not. It's not a food fast. It's pretty rad. It's a fast basically for injustice. A fast for just the poor people who just are down and out. I would highly recommend everyone to read Isaiah 58. But listen to verse 6 and 7. Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loosen the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe them and to not hide from your own flesh and blood? Guys, that last line is a zinger. I don't want to just speak it over you, but God uses that line in my life, that you would hide yourself from your own flesh. Have you ever done that? You don't want to see someone, so you're trying not to make eye contact? That someone maybe is needy, and you know here they come at you, and you're like, they're not seeing me, keep going. Or there's the poor person that you're probably supposed to stop for and just say, hi, how's it going? But you're like... He's saying that we would not hide ourselves from humanity, from people, but that we would actually be present with them. Guys, Jesus wants to help us to view the rich and the poor alike. I'm here for you, not to use you or to take from you, but just to allow God's love to flow through me to you. There's no difference whether someone has money, no money, status, no status. None of that matters to God. You came into the world but naked. That was everybody. I'm not saying you're going to leave the world naked, but you ain't taking anything with you. Amen, amen. Cool. So I'm going to have Demis and Azita come up, or just Demis, I think. He's just going to add a little something. Uh, they've been consistently serving the homeless for how many years now? Have you guys? Yeah. Okay. She says three or four. That feels a little low to me, but maybe. Um, And then Ethan, I want him to come up. Ethan started Mac and Jesus. And how long has that been going? Eight years. years. That's so beautiful. Every Thursday. Uh, So welcome. Dim us up.
1: Thank you, sir. Yeah. um, Ethan had been doing Mac and Jesus. uh, When did you start? Do you remember what year? Two thousand thirteen, and then you just I, you went down south for a couple of years, and that's when Z and I just happened to show up at right at the same time, right at the right time, and just kept it going. And um, yeah, I think Jason actually hit many of the points that I was going to say, which is that um, you know there there are ways to get food in town. There's a number of food ministries, right? Um, I think one of the I guess I'll let you talk about exactly what made it, what you started Mac and Jesus with, uh, how you started Mac and Jesus. But the, the heart that Ethan started it with was, um, exactly our heart. I mean, God just brought us to this church, told us to come to the church at exactly the right time, where, um, you know, what Azita does is she makes, the the best meals that we ever make in our house. That's what we make on Thursdays, right? And uh, and I'll tell the guys like, you know, that is my favorite meal that she makes for dinner. I might get, might not get any of it that night because it's not for me, <laughs> but um, but that's the point is to really just treat our friends that we go down and meet at Mac and Jesus uh, as our family, and that is I think what we've always noticed is that that is in stark contrast to our instinct. I think what we're doing is fighting our flesh, which you might see someone. I mean, just think right now when is you know when you went to the grocery store or you were driving, where's that person that you? averted eye contact with right or you stepped a little further away from them and you decided you didn't just decide I don't want to talk to you You decided like I'm not even going to pretend you're there right there's tons of people where if you start paying attention to this you will notice that there's a lot of people around you that most people just really avoid contact with and it's I think that's what Z and I are really fighting against right we've done it for years I mean Zee and Jacob and I will sit there and play ukulele with the guy who's outside Trader Joe's. And he's, he's a blast if you actually start to, if you find out his name and talk to him. Um, and so, just, I'm just going to read one part of, uh, of James here that I think talks about this. Hasn't God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? I think the part that really strikes me is poor in the eyes of the world. Right. And I'll say that that all of us, myself included, we all have that instinct, as Jason said, to talk to the person who I I probably wouldn't say it out loud. and I wouldn't say it in words. Jason accidentally said it in words, but I probably wouldn't say I'm going to talk to that person because it kind of benefits me. And I'm not going to talk to that person because I don't really see what I can get out of it. Again, I think that's an instinctual thing that we don't even really control. It is the flesh. Right. And I think we actually have to put on intentionally the mind of Christ to fight against that. So, um, Ethan, want to come up and and talk about um, how you started? I love that.
2: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I actually was just looking on Facebook because I was I was trying to figure out exactly when. Um, I got tested this morning, rapid test. I'm negative. <sighs> I can breathe all over the mic. Um, so I was looking on Facebook to try and figure out right when uh, right when it actually started. And um, let's see. So February 28, 2016. So exactly five years ago, I posted. Three years ago, I made the first pot of Mac and Jesus. So to the day, I think, you know, to today or whatever yeah I think it's so I think total it's exactly eight years um which is cool because that's two you know seasons in i v so they say um so you say <laughs> you're they um let's see, I'm just gonna take a second, so I'll start by telling a story. I grew up going to. Vineyard, which is a pretty charismatic church, but I didn't really have a relationship with God. It was just kind of like a given where I grew up and I knew, you know, some good answers to questions. And then I got involved in youth group. And then I really met Jesus and understood what he did for me. And with that church, I, we went, we did some missions trips in other countries, but we went on one missions trip to the Tenderloin, which is like a very, they call it the Tenderloin because the cops who worked there got paid more because it was more dangerous and so they could afford the tenderloin. Um, But it's like one of the most densely populated homeless areas and it's in San Francisco. And that's kind of like when my heart for the homeless really started developing. Um, And I kind of got an understanding of like what it's like to minister to them and kind of a little bit about what God thinks about them and stuff like that. But um, what really kind of changed my life in terms of the way that I think about homeless people is that uh, David Wilkerson started kind of really a movement uh, helping like um, underprivileged youth and stuff like that, right? He has a book, The Cross and the Switchblade. It's a very uh, popular book. Uh, but he, I, I saw this sermon that he preached where he talks about how God would look for a praying person in the Old Testament, and he would just baptize them in anguish, like someone who is willing to lay their heart before God and say, God, I want to share your heart. Like, help me feel the way that you feel about people. And that like really marked me. And there was a season of life where I prayed every night for like an hour or two and just thank God, like, give me your heart for the homeless. And I would just weep for so long, you know, 30 or 45 minutes, an hour, two hours. And God really started... Changing my heart, and I've never been the same since then. And so, from these uh, sort of quiet times in the secret place with God, letting Him change my heart, just really trying to abandon all that I am before Him, um, He was like, I, "I said, like, what can I do to help homeless people?" And it wasn't like, "Well, you should start a nonprofit and do this." He was just like, "I want you to feed them once a week in Elvista." and I was like, okay. And so that's, that's how it started. And that's all it was. And it hasn't gotten, you know, more complicated or anything since it's just like once a week, just feed them. And if I did it out of obligation, I think I would have burned out pretty quickly, but it was like, God did something in my heart where I was like, I really want these people to feel loved. And I really want them to feel like they belong. And that's, I think the biggest reason why it's still happening today, you know, it's definitely something that God started because I left and he brought people in right when I left to keep it going. And yeah, it's just, it's really such an honor to like, to serve with you guys, Demis and Nazita and your faithfulness, because, you know, I knew that I was going to be there no matter what, at least when I initially committed, I'm like, I don't care if anyone else comes, this is between me and God. I'm going to love these homeless people. But the fact that God was like, you weren't meant to do this alone. I'm going to bring other people alongside you and you're going to do it together. It was really cool. But I think there was two things that I really wanted to sort of stress or get across today. And one of them is like, if you're overthinking ministering to homeless people, just think if they were your friend, like treat them as if they were your friend, at least at some point in your life. So instead of like, whoa, this person's so different than me. Like if they if they weren't your friend, you could be like, okay, here's here's a few bucks go get some food, maybe go buy some beer, numb some of your problems. But if they were your friend, you'd be like, you know, what's going on? You, would, you wouldn't You would just be okay with putting a little band-aid on whatever they're going through. And I think approaching it as if, like, approaching them as if they're your friend helps you actually be something meaningful in their life versus just giving them a handout. Like, I, I got a picture right before I came up here, and God was like, a lot of churches tell people to basically like throw some supplies over the river when I'm way more interested in building a bridge, like to bring, you know, God wants connection with people, not, uh, not just giving them handouts. I mean, macaroni is a handout. It's like, Hey, here's some food, but it's like, Hey, here's some food. I'm Ethan. And they're like, sometimes they give you their name. Sometimes they don't. That's another little tip is for homeless people. Um, a lot of times, sometimes, or a lot of times, they don't have anything except for like their name and maybe their identity, and so sometimes they don't want to give that out, and it's kind of a sensitive thing. So, usually, you just go up, pretend they're your friend or like you already know them, and just say, "Hey, I'm so and so," and instead of like, "How's it going?" because a lot of times it's, <laughs> it's not really going well. Be like, you know, what have you been up to today? What's going on in your life? And and dig a little bit. But the other part of that: a treat them like a friend. B like you got to spend time allowing God to share his heart with you for them. Otherwise, um, it's not really going to have a lot of impact. I don't think, and I've done, you know, I've been doing Mac and Jesus on and off for eight years and not every week has been like, Oh man, I love these people. Sometimes it's like, well, I, I committed to this. A lot of times it's like, I committed to doing this. So I'm just going to keep doing this. And, Every time I show up like that, that without fail, every time I show up, I leave, and I'm like, "I'm so glad I did that. That was really special, and these people are so important. But um what I wanted to do was just pray. I wanted us to pray together, and I really feel like God is gonna share his heart with us, especially for at least a few people, really strongly. Um, so <laughs> everybody say, "Hey." Yeah, everybody say hey Alright, cool. Your voices work. This is perfect. No one can hide anymore. Um, let's just put our hands on our hearts and we're gonna repeat after me. Father God. Father God. I ask that you would share your heart with me. For anybody that feels left out or misunderstood. So, almost three years ago, my mom passed away, and these the group that I was kind of acquainted with in Orange County, they all sent me these prophetic words. And one of the most meaningful ones was my friend was like, I saw your mom and I saw this banner over her life that said, all are welcome. And that was just something that I'd already really been fighting for in my life. But I was just thinking about it as like a church here in Isla Vista. And like, if we miss that, then we miss the whole point. That's like what James is talking about and why the letters with Paul, they're like, don't forget the poor because kind of like if you miss anybody like you're missing the whole thing um so yeah i just i guess i'll just pray for all of us god i ask that we would live in such a way that people feel welcome around us that people wouldn't come to a church service here and feel left out in any way um God just personally help me to get over myself help me to not be selfish help me to not care about what other people think um just continue to share your heart with me God and develop um develop a heart in me that really is geared towards other people and their needs um Yeah, life's too short to care what other people think. (laughs) I just encourage you guys to spend time with God and just asking him to share his heart with you and then allow whatever you want to do involving homeless people or the people who are left out or whatever, like allow that to be birthed out of a place uh, with intimacy with God. That's pretty much all I got.
0: So good, Ethan. So good. Thank you. It says in multiple places that Jesus was moved by compassion. And I think what you just said at the end there is we just abide in him, abide in love. That's where it sends us. You know, I just know my own story it was never trying to go after certain individuals. It was just Jesus. And then that sent me <laughs> to certain individuals and we've had homeless people live with us. And man, I have some wild stories. Even people that have lived on this property that some of them, uh, I, I needed to listen to God a little bit more, but, uh, A lot of great stories. Um, (laughs) So I wanted to, uh, we have a group me, if you don't know that. And if you're part of this church, you should be on that because a lot of people are tossing stuff up and it's helpful. But then there's like a subgroup me called IVC Community Service for people who are doing kind of homeless ministries. And Jonathan, I'll have you come up in a sec to kind of share the schedule. Um, didn't get permission from Hannah and Kenzie, but I just want to read what you guys wrote. If you don't know this too, we've started to move the Jesus burgers. That's what we're serving now. Um, uh, along with Mac and Jesus and Azita's amazing meals and stuff. But now we're doing the hamburgers to the homeless community, both in IV And then we're starting to move them downtown a little too, as people in our church are living down there. So Hannah writes here, haha, tonight was so fun again. Kenzie, you have to share an update too! exclamation mark. Okay, guys, it's crazy. When we hand out the burgers, it feels exactly like Friday night Jesus burgers. I wish I could voice message this to describe it. But it's like the covering and all the years of love from Jesus burgers and IV is felt downtown. People are so sweet and receptive to us and ask us questions about IV. And one of them even prayed for us. Their heart felt open today. And many of them shared their prayers and heaviness with COVID and life right now. They all wanted us to pray for the hard situations people are in and for everything to get better. We also ran into Randy, who's to come to IVC a lot, and he was ecstatic to hear that we're handing out Jesus regards all the way uh, from IV. We got to see familiar faces and wanted to just keep saying I love you to everyone. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Kinsey and Jonathan, for doing this and being faithful each week. It's amazing, and I'm praying it continues weekly. Kenzie, it's been so incredible. My favorite part of the week, double exclamation mark. I love building relationships with them, and they were all super kind and open to prayer and want to talk, double exclamation mark. It's nice having the community downtown, and it just feels really joyful and life-giving. There's only one lady named Natalie who is, there's, oh, there's one lady named Natalie who is really sweet, and she loves God so much. Hannah, Hannah and I might pick her up to bring her to the IVC Sunday. It'd be cool if you guys got to meet her. So thankful for all you guys do and I couldn't do it without you. Triple exclamation mark. It's such a blessing. So many people, heart and emoji prayer. Amen. <laughs> God is good. All right, Jonathan, you can come up. We're just gonna land the service here, I think. Um well actually I wanted I wanted some people to stand that we we're just gonna pray for them at the end and then all well done. But if you can come and just kind of share the schedule and you know, and just be honest, is it helpful for people to show up one time or are we looking for more commitment? I don't know. <laughs> howdy y'all
3: so since we've all been going into James I did want to hit up one verse in there um, <laughs> James 2 um, and it talks about um, what verse four, starting verse 14 of James chapter 2 what good is it my brothers if someone says he has faith but does not have works can that faith save him If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you goes to them and says, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Uh, So faith also by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So that's not meant to be a guilt trip. and I'm sure Jason will unpack all of that for us soon, because that's coming up. Um, But it does show that God's heart is not just for Uh, people's spiritual needs, but also for their physical ones. And whether that means um, being part of the homeless ministry or reaching out to people in your life that are underprivileged and that, yeah, that God's calling you to reach out. So uh, we've got uh, two days that we go out and do Jesus Burgers, uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays. We prep the burgers at the Jesus Burger house, uh, which is on Del Playa at 4 p.m., and then we serve them at People's Park by Embarcadero Hall at 5 p.m. And we could always uh, use help and resources with prepping the burgers, but what would really be needed is people just spending time with the folks in the park, um, listening to them, finding out what their needs are, hearing their heart. Um, Sometimes they don't need a burger. Sometimes they need... um, batteries or sanitary products or a hug like you really don't know until you talk to them and find out what's going on in their life Um, so five o'clock on tuesdays and saturdays at the park if you want to be part of that and if you want to help prep the burgers jesus burger house uh, you can either hit up uh, myself or jason if you have questions with logistics thank you all very much
0: Hit up Jonathan. I'll be pointing to him. If you come to me, I'm just going to go right there. Um, rad. Thank you. So could Demis, Azita, Ethan, Ryan, Austin, Jonathan, Kenzie, um, Hannah, if you want to stand. And then I think some of the guys, Fisher, Monty, Andrew, you guys are dropping in from time to time. Anyone else, if you're been consistently going or going from time to time, just please stand. We're just going to pray for you right now. Yay. Haley's up too. Wonderful. Um, Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus, just what Ethan's already asked and Jonathan has reiterated and even Demis mentioned a little bit. God, just give us your heart. God, we don't want to try to manifest something or force something, God, but we just ask that you would continue to implant your heart into us. And so, God, these people that are standing, God, you've already given them something. God, you've already put just your eyes in them. God, you're you're working through them. And, God, I just pray, like your word says, that they would not grow weary of doing good. And the Bible says, in due time we reap. And we just say thank you that love never fails. God, even on days when Ethan has mentioned, I know we've all felt that with different things we're committed to. We just showed up, God, and it's just you bless those that show up. God, that those that just say yes, regardless of even fruit. Uh, So Lord, we pray a blessing over the city of Isla Vista right now. God, as I opened up in the message with all those different groups and sororities and frats and everything else that you see when you look over a city, God, we bless Isla Vista. And we specifically just lean into the poor right now and God, just ask that you would continue to surround the poor, God. We thank you for food, not bombs, God. We thank you for just any Catholic churches or just anyone, uh, Light and Life IV, God, anyone involved with the poor in Isla Vista, we just say thank you. And God, we just want to, uh, got a little emotional. Father, we just want to thank you for Father John as he passed away this week. And just an absolute legend in this city, God, and laying his life down, God, caring for the poor, caring for the marginalized, being in their lives. He would be the one when a suicide would happen, he would go in before the police to deal with that, and he would be in the, the darkest of places, God. Thank you for his 50, 60 years of serving Isla Vista, God. We bless him and his family, God, today, God. Thank you for all the rewards in heaven for him. Hallelujah. And all people, all Jesus' people said, amen, amen. All right, fams, that's it for today.